You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co-host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. And Whistle and I are happy to be with you today to continue talking about our favorite topic, which is working dogs and working animals. And we are doing a series, which we're really excited about, that really gives you a lot of information about assistance dogs. And we've been talking about all of the tasks that assistance dogs can do for individuals with disabilities. And we're going to continue talking about that. But today, we're really going to focus more on, is an assistance dog right for you? And how do you know if it's right for you? You know, I remember when I was thinking about getting an assistance dog, I didn't know anything about dogs. I knew that I loved dogs. I had had a dog as a child, but it was very different. It was a dog that was more outside. It wasn't a dog that was going to be with me 24 hours a day and a dog that was highly trained to perform tasks for me. So when I was thinking about it, I really knew that for me, I needed an agency. I needed to work with the program that actually trained the dog. But now, things are a lot different than it was a long time ago, back in the 90s when I was applying for my first dog. And now, a lot of people with disabilities are deciding that they would rather train their own assistance dog. And that, I think, is the first decision that you really need to make. And that is, are you going to train your dog yourself or are you going to find an agency to work with who's already trained the dog and get your assistance dog from that agency? So if you decide that perhaps you may have a dog that you think would be a great assistance dog and you want that dog to be trained to be your assistance dog. Well, there's quite a few things that you need to think about. And depending on your level of expertise, you may be an awesome trainer and you may be able to train your own dog to do the different types of tasks that you need. Or you may have moderate level of skill in training and working with dogs and you may decide that you want to work alongside a trainer that could help you in training your dog. So these are some of the things that you're going to think about and for me as living with a disability I've always realized that I need a team of people around me. I need people who are experts in some of the areas that I might not be an expert, but I might need an assistance. For example, I always want to make sure that I go to the best rehab hospital. So for me, that is Craig Hospital in Denver. And I have a team of folks that help me with my wheelchair, with my accessible van, with all of that medical equipment that I need to keep me functioning at a level that I want to function at. And it's the same way, really, when you're looking at adding or bringing an assistance dog into your life. So I would look around and see 
who is a good trainer that I have in my community or within my community, my state, or even via telephone? Because now with technology, with computers, with Skype, you can really access people and experts throughout the country and even the world that you might want to work with in order to help you train your assistance dog. So that's what I would start doing. I would start looking at what are the resources that I have that could assist me. One resource that I would recommend is a great book called Teamwork. And it's a dog training manual for people with disabilities. There's Teamwork 1 and Teamwork 2, which is written by Stuart Nordenson and Lydia Kelly. And this is a great book for people who want to train their own dogs. And as most of you know, I am the co-author of Working Like Dogs, the service dog guidebook. And our book really talks about how you live with a service dog, how to get a service dog and, and how to take care of that dog. But Teamwork 1 and 2 really focuses on on dog training and that's the training that you would want to look at if you want to train your own dog so that's the book that I would recommend or the DVD if you want to train your own dog so that's really the first decision am I going to train my dog or am I going to work with an agency now for me it was pretty clear I wanted to work with an agency because I don't have the time to start fresh with a new dog I don't have the expertise or I didn't at the time perhaps now I might feel a little bit differently after living with a service dog for so many years but actually for me I really like working with an agency because They're always available if I have any questions. They are experts in training dogs and especially in training assistance dogs. So for me, the agency was the way to go. And if you do want to go with an agency, there's some things that you need to think about and some things that you need to do in order to find an agency, first of all. And like anything that you do, any type of medical equipment that you're going to get or any product that you want, you have to be a really smart consumer. You really need to research and make sure that you are taking the best course of action that is right for you, your disability, and your personal situation. And that could be your housing, your finances. You know, these are all the things of your lifestyle that you need to think about whenever you're looking at an agency to get a service dog. So, you know, agencies are different. I actually have used two agencies. The first agency I went through was Canine Companions for Independence, and I had to apply to them. And like I said, this was back in the 90s, so I'm sure their process has probably changed. But back then for me, I had to complete an application. I had to provide them information about myself, about my disability, about my home, you know, some really personal information that I had to share with them to make sure that I was eligible and appropriate to receive one of their dogs. And it was a lengthy process. I had to get 
my doctor to fill out a form. I had to get a vocational rehabilitation counselor to fill out a form. You know, there were definitely some requirements and some hoops that I had to jump through in order to get that application submitted. But I did that. And then I participated in a personal interview over the telephone where they went over my application with me and they asked me some additional questions. And then they informed me that I had been approved, that I did meet their eligibility, and I appeared to be a good candidate for a service dog. And then I went on a waiting list and my name went on that list and Basically, it was hurry up and wait, and I just had to sit on that list until I received an invitation from them to come to team training. And I can't remember exactly how long it was that I was on the list. I know it was over a year, but it seemed like forever after I had prepared myself and made the decision that I wanted a service dog. I was so anxious to get one, but then I I was on that list for quite a while. And I'll never forget the day that I got the call from CCI telling me that they would like to offer me a position in their upcoming class. I felt like I had won the lottery. I was so excited when that call came and the whole realization that I really was going to get my my assistance dog. It was just so thrilling. But up to that point, you know, there really is a lot of work that you have to do and think about and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Because this is really the time when you can do a lot of soul searching and ask a lot of questions to make sure that the agency is right for you. Another big thing to think about is costs. Now, when I got my first service dog, there was no cost. I did not have to pay for my dog. But what I did have to pay for was I had to pay for my travel expenses. And at the time, I was living in Florida. So I had to travel to New York. I had to stay in a hotel for two weeks. I had to cover all of my expenses while I was there. So I had to get transportation so that I could get from the hotel to the training facility every day. I had to pay for all my meals. You know, so there are a lot of of costs that I had to pay for that I really had to think about and plan for. Because even though I didn't have to pay for my dog, I still had to pay for all of these other related expenses. And that's something you really need to think about because... Although you can get a dog from some agencies for free, there are expenses that are related to having an assistance dog. And that's definitely something you really need to think about because there's a lot of care. These dogs are such fine-tuned animals and they need so much care as far as good food, good veterinary care, grooming, you know, so you really want to think about that and make sure that you can budget it or you can find other ways to do that because I know there are some vets that offer reduced fees for caring for working dogs. There are also some programs that offer reduced prices on food or even free food. There was a program where I was living at the time when I got my first service dog, Ramona, and they actually donated 
food for all working dogs within our community. So, you know, there are ways that you can get around that, but you also have to be really realistic about that and make sure that you can comfortably take on that responsibility so that you are not stressed for yourself and so that you can really make sure you're taking care of your dog and meeting all of their deeds. Because as I've said before, one of the biggest things that you really come to realize when you get your service or assistance dog is that as much as that dog is going to give selflessly to you as the individual with a disability or as the professional that has this working dog, also you have the responsibility to give back to this animal. And you are responsible for taking care of all of this animal's needs. So that's really a daunting responsibility that really needs to be taken very seriously. And you really need to think about all of those things of what it means to bring a dog into your home. Because not only if you live with others that are in your home, then you have to take their needs into consideration. Are there allergies? There's going to be lots of hair when you bring a dog into your home. We always laugh and joke and say hair, hair everywhere. But that's definitely something that you have to think about is you are going to have an animal in your environment. And what does that mean? Not only for you, but for other people that you share your home with. And it was really important for me to have a conversation with my husband, Franz. And I know Franz loves dogs, but it was really important to take his feelings into consideration and how was this going to impact him because it does you know he lives with my service dog as well as I do so it was really important for him to have a say so and of course he was so supportive and he could not be more supportive for me getting my service dog but it was really important to have his voice and to have him be able to say how he felt about an animal coming into our home so I really encourage you to have that conversation with the people close to you And that also could be your employer because another conversation that I had when I was thinking about getting a service dog was asking my employer what they thought about that and letting them know that I would be bringing a dog into my workplace. And again, they were extremely supportive, but that could have been a little difficult if they hadn't have been. And that would have given me other things to consider in my life and about bringing this dog into my world. So these are definitely some things for you to think about and not as barriers, but really as just being, again, a good consumer and really being respectful of yourself, of those in your family, and also being respectful of the animal. Okay, so as we're talking about these things, you know, it's lots for you to think about, but it's really healthy and it's really important for you to think about what works for you and what doesn't work for you as you're making this major decision to bring a service dog into your life. So we're going to take a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors and we're going to come back and we're going to keep talking about what it means, and what you need to think about before you bring an assistance dog into your life. So come right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. 
Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to health care written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List, which you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash best and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash best, B-E-S-T. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash work, W-O-R-K, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio, and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery, or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. Good boy. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Marcy Davis, and we're talking today about are you eligible, are you interested, and are you willing to bring a service dog or an assistance dog into your life? And I think as we're having this discussion, 
One of the biggest questions that you have to ask yourself is, will having a service dog enable me to be more independent? And if the answer is yes, then that really is a big determining factor for you, is will it make you more independent? And is it worth it to you to have a dog in your life? For me, it was an overwhelming yes. And I really thought, you know, as I've shared, I've been a wheelchair user since I was six years old. And I really felt like I was pretty independent because I grew up with a disability. But I didn't realize until I got my first service dog, Ramona, all the things that I had really been missing until I got an assistance dog. And then all of a sudden, so many more things opened up to me because I felt more independent and I felt more safe to be out on my own, to be out in public by myself than I did before. And I really didn't realize that and all the things that I was missing out on. So here are a few more questions that you really want to ask yourself. And these are personal questions. First of all, can I physically handle a dog? You know, most assistance dogs are larger breed dogs. My dogs have always been golden retrievers or golden retriever lab mixes. So that's a pretty big dog. They've been at least 70 pounds, you know, and that can be a little difficult for someone to handle. I had to learn how to heal with my dog. I had to learn how to get a hold of my dog. If another dog came up, I have actually been I don't really want to say accosted, but I guess it really was. I've had aggressive dogs that have approached me, and I've had to be able to physically handle that situation. And there are some really cool tips that my service dog agency shared with me to help me in those kinds of situations. And they showed me how to use my wheelchair as something that could assist me. And that happened to me one time when a dog came toward me and my service dog. And I was alone and I actually used my wheelchair to get in between my dog and that aggressive dog. And I actually rolled over that aggressive dog's foot and got its attention and was able then to get myself and my service dog out of that situation. But those are the kinds of things that you need to think about and prepare yourself for that can you physically handle your dog. And then can you care for your dog? Or if you can't, can you find alternatives through a personal caregiver, through a family member, or some other way? Because you're going to have to toilet your dog. You're going to have to feed your dog. You're going to have to do a lot of daily activities, giving that dog medication if they're going to need it. Or, you know, lots of different, again, routine type things, taking your dog to the vet for checkups, you know, giving them certain types of care that they're going to need. And some people may be able to do that and some not. Another thing you're going to have to do is brush their teeth and brush their fur, all of those grooming type tasks. And can you do that? And if you can't, what are some alternatives? I can brush Whistle's teeth, and I do that. I can brush his fur, and we do that. But for me, trimming his nails is difficult. So I actually get assistance doing that. 
for me, bathing him is difficult. So I get assistance doing that. I use a groomer for him, but I go with him to the groomer and stay with him. Or if for some reason I can't do that, then I have Franz, my husband, go with him and stay with him. So again, it's just thinking what your alternatives are and how you're going to do that so that you can meet your dog's needs. Another question is, can my home accommodate a dog? When I got my first dog, I lived in a one-bedroom apartment, and I thought that that would be challenging for my assistance dog, but actually, it was fine. I talked with the agency, and it worked out fine. I had a place where I could toilet my dog, where I could clean up after my dog, so the apartment complex that I lived in was fine with it, and it worked beautifully. So just thinking about those things and doing a little bit of preparation ahead of time can make all the difference. Another question is, do you have pets in your home? And that's one thing that an agency is probably going to ask you is, do you have other animals in the home? And if so, then you have to think about that. I had cats already. And that was one thing my agencies talked with me about is how would the cats respond to my dog? Well, for our family, it's been just fine. The cats could care less about my assistance dog and my assistance dogs have actually been trained around cats so they are very respectful they each know their boundaries and they get along really great another question is do you have children how would children be impacted by your dog And again, as we said, your spouse or significant other, you know, who's living in your home that might be impacted? Transportation is another issue. How are you going to transport your dog? Do you drive? If you don't drive, do you use public transportation? How is that going to be impacted by having an assistance dog in your life? We already talked about your employer. Are you employed? Do you work outside of your home? If you do, how's that going to be impacted by having an assistance dog? So, you know, these are lots of things for you to think about. Again, not as barriers, but definitely as things to make it smoother for you in bringing a dog into your life and for the dog in coming into a new home that they may not be familiar with. It's a whole new environment and you want it to be as positive and successful as possible for both you and your dog. Because getting an assistance dog can be a really intense experience. I know as much as I wanted an assistance dog, My first year of bringing Ramona into my life, into my home, into my work, it was really intense. And I questioned that decision. I really did. I wondered, did I do the right thing? You know, it's hard work as is anything in our lives, but it really is something that you cannot take lightly, that you really need to give thought to and do some planning because There are lots of things that this dog can do to help you and to make you more independent. And it is, for me, it has been one of the most amazing, beautiful, awesome, life-changing experiences that I've ever had in bringing an assistance dog into my life. But I'm so thankful that I had that time 
actually of being on the waiting list to really prepare myself mentally and physically of being ready to have that dog and to bring that dog into my world because it definitely is a life-changing and very different experience. It's a commitment. It's a commitment to yourself and it's a commitment to the animal that's going to change your life. And there's some other things that I really was glad that I thought about and I really encourage you to think about when you're looking at a service dog agency. Because when you're getting your dog, you really don't think about retirement at the time. You don't really think about ownership. But there are some things that you really should consider. And that is, will I own the dog or will the agency maintain ownership? And I shared with you that I got my first dog through CCI. But when it came time for Ramona when she retired and it was time for me to get my second dog, my successor dog, my life had changed dramatically. I was living in a different state. I had had some health issues and it was really much more difficult for me to go away to a training facility for a couple of weeks. So I decided, and it was a very difficult decision, but I decided to look at another agency and I decided to go with Paws with a Cause out of Michigan because they actually brought the dog to me. I did not have to go away to a training facility. They brought Morgan, my second dog, to me. But before they did that, they did an application process where, again, I had to fill out a pretty intensive written application. And once I completed that, they actually came out and did a site visit where two of their representatives came to my home and they spent a whole day with me. And they asked me a lot of questions and they followed me around to my work, in and out of my vehicle that I drove, all around my home, because they were really assessing what they believed a dog could do for me. And after I went through that process, then they contacted me and told me that, again, I was eligible and I was a good candidate for their organization. And they gave me a list of all the different things that they thought they could train a dog to do for me. So that, for me at the time, was a perfect situation. And again, I went on a waiting list and... I guess it was about a year again, and then I got the call saying that they had identified a dog for me, and they gave me the timeline of when I could start expecting for my dog to be arriving. Now, for my dog, through Paws with a Cause, I actually did have to pay some funds for that dog. So it was a different process, but I did not have to go away to a facility and have all of those costs. So you really have to weigh what works better for you in your life, financially, personally, of what meets your needs. So for me, Pause with a Cause has been a great fit because they brought the dog to me and after Morgan arrived, then a trainer came to our home once a week and worked with us. And during that time, we worked together and at the end of when they thought we had worked long enough together that we could perform all of our commands in public and at home, then they determined that we were ready to be certified so that we could have full public access. 
which meant that we would get a certification saying that we were a working dog team from Paws with a Cause, and we were permitted and encouraged to be out in public on our own. So that process was a couple of months that we worked with our trainer, Danny Weinberg. And Danny, we love her dearly. She's like part of our family. And she's also always available. So as I've needed additional training or if I have questions over the years, Danny is always available to me. And I can email her or call her. And if I need her to come back to our home. She definitely will do that. But usually we just chat over the phone and she gives me tips and suggestions. And it's really such a wonderful relationship and such a wonderful safety net that I always feel like I have the assistance that I need that it's just an email or a phone call away. And these are all types of things that you really want to discuss with your agency to see what their policies are, to see how they function with their recipients. Are they going to maintain a relationship with you? What happens after your dog arrives? And for another thing, as I've shared with you, Whistle and I, as Morgan and I, we had to get recertified. And so every year and a half, we have to go through that certification process again where Danny comes out and she has us go through all of our commands. She videotapes us doing all of our commands, both in our home and out in public. And then she sends that DVD back to Pause with the Cause. They review it. And if they're satisfied with what they see, then they recertify us as a working dog team for another year and a half. If they're not satisfied, then they talk to Danny about areas where we might need improvement. And then Danny would continue working with us to make sure that we have the support that we need so that we have full public access and feel really confident being out as a working dog team. So a couple of other things that I really would like to share with you to ask your agency as you're thinking about them and interviewing them is what happens when it's time for your dog to retire? Will they take the dog back or do you get to keep your dog? And that's a big question. And I really didn't think about that when I was getting my first service dog. But as I've had a dog over the years, I've realized how important that question is. Because there is going to come a day when you're going to have to make some tough decisions about retirement. And it really helps to know up front what their policies are around retiring your dog. The other question is, is what is their process for getting a successor dog when it is time for you to retire your dog? Do you have to go back on a waiting list? Can it be expedited so that you're not without a dog very long? Because that was one thing I definitely learned after I had had a dog. It was really scary to think about not having a dog with me. So you really want to know what is the process, what is the time frame for getting a successor dog. And it's really good to ask those questions when you're not stressed out and when you're not worried about certain things related to your dog. So I always encourage people to ask those questions in the application process. So we've talked a lot about are you eligible for a service dog? How do you get a service dog? Do you want to train it yourself or do you want to work with an agency? 
And two other things I would share with you as you're thinking about bringing an assistance dog into your life is, as I've said before, there are two agencies, two organizations that can be really helpful to you. One is Assistance Dogs International, and the other is the International Association of Assistance Dog Partners. And we've talked about these two before, and ADI, Assistance Dogs International, is a coalition of nonprofit organizations that train and place assistance dogs, but they have a vast amount of information on their website, which is adionline.org that could really help you as you're looking into getting an assistance dog. If you're looking at agencies, they have a list of all the agencies in the United States and even abroad that are certified and that are members of this organization. And I really like that because if an organization is a member of ADI, that means that they have met certain standards in the assistance dog industry. And I think that's really important for you as a service dog recipient because you really want to make sure that you're working with a reputable organization. And again, the other agency and organization is the International Association of Assistance Dog Partners. And that's the group that I belong to because this is a nonprofit organization that represents all the people who are partnered with assistance dogs. And that's all those assistance dogs that we've talked about, guide dogs, hearing dogs, service dogs, seizure alert dogs, all those different types of working dogs, we all belong to this organization. And they are really the voice of the assistance dog partners in the field. So I love being a member of this organization because they keep me informed about any current legislation. They keep me informed about any laws that are changing, about airport rules, about all kinds of things that could impact me with my assistance dog. And their website is iaadp.org. And they have a host of information on their website that could be really helpful to you it, when you're thinking about getting a dog or especially once you have your dog. So thank you so much for being with us today and for letting me share all of my personal experiences with you. And I just can't tell you how much I hope that you will get an assistance dog. But before you get that dog, that you make sure it's the right decision for you and that you give it a lot of thought. And if you have any questions, if you'd like to chat with me further, please don't hesitate to email me because I think it's so important that we support each other and share information, share our experiences and the lessons that we've learned. And I'm still learning. I've had a dog for over 16 years and I'm still learning and loving my relationship with my assistance dog. So thank you so much. We hope you'll come back and be with us again because we've got a lot more to talk about, about taking care of your dog once you bring a dog into your life. So thanks so much for being with us and take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.